When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello and welcome to the COB, all the stuff you need to know in the day in business and markets. I'm Kyle Rodder, great to have you on board for another day. And well, let's get straight into what the market did today because it was a fairly positive session off the back of what was a positive leap from Wall Street as well. The CBO 200 up 0.62% by the end of trade. And while we finished cash trading in uh, on the ASX 200 at, as well, also up 0.62%. And well, we'll wait for the match out to see what the final figures are for the day. But uh, let's get to our three themes because there's a few things to mull over, especially as we enter the new financial year. Uh, financial year. Happy New Year, of course. And it started off with, well, some happy news, I guess you could call it, up by 0.6%, like I said. After that, 9.5% rally for the index over the course of 2022-2023. So starting off on the right foot. Uh, to hike or not to hike, that is the question for the next 24 hours at least. In fact, well, I suppose it's gonna be the question right around the globe this month. But just tomorrow, the RBA does meet, really split down the line at the moment as to whether the central bank goes 50 once again, or it pauses, skips, whatever you wish to call it, keeps rates on hold at 4.1%. Uh, last but not least, cyclicals lead, perhaps the losers becoming the winners just for today. Uh, uh, materials, uh, consumer discretionary, some of those uh, stocks really leading the market higher, up both 1% respectively. On the other side of the equation, last year's winners, tech stocks, well, down very marginally for, this, uh, for the day's trade too, off by about 1.3%. And uh, actually, we'll go through those now, perhaps just very quickly, because the miners were amongst the top performers. And you can see there, BHP, Rio Tinto, and Fortescue Metals also edging, all edging higher. South 32 and Newcrest Mining, oil and gold, respectively, or energy and gold, respectively, also pushing up. We saw some strength in the lithium names too, it has to be said. Other retailers, though, let's get an eye on them, because, well, consumer discretionary was performing well too. In fact, we don't have the chart there, but we did have some of those major consumer discretionary names um, higher, the, the whole sector up by 1.37% for the day's trade. And uh, let's see if we can get a look at the tech stock, stocks too, because I did foreshadow before that they were amongst the worst performers. Uh, YSEC Global down 3.3%, zero pulling back too. Um, but actually quite a mixed day's trade there overall, um, it has to be said. So the top corporate stories and United Malt Group was probably uh, the corporate story of the day, uh, up by 8.75%, 8 8.6.8.62% there on the SIBO 200. And that was off the back of news that the acquisition uh, of the company, and I'll try and say this without absolutely butchering the name, Maltese Souffle, there's my best French uh, attempt at French, uh, is, well, the deal's basically done. Values the company at $5 per share, which is still at a slight premium to where it closed up, uh, closed trade today. And like I said, 8.62% higher. So, uh, well, money returns to shareholders, perhaps on that one. And uh, we're certainly getting a lot of folks 
excited. But office uh, real estate has been amongst the hot talking points for the last six, if not 12 months, especially as well. Return to work has been a little bit slow and higher interest rates impact cap rates. We did have a special stock of the day, Centuria Office REIT. We were joined by Nathan Summersandaram and Daniel Ortizzi. They chatted with David Koch as to whether they would invest in the Centuria Office REIT right now. I think we're starting that cycle. I think the clarity will only come through after we go through the reporting season. So there's season. a way to go? I think there's a way to go. Right. I think you look at some of those stocks, um, especially in retail and so forth, we're pricing in 30, 40% down. I mean rates. In the REITs, I think we just don't know. In, right. in retail, we can look at historical trends. In REITs, I think it's, it's a lot to do with how quickly. We haven't seen this kind of cycle before. Right. So I think I'm not going to be judging it. I think I'm going to wait till how it plays out through the reporting season. We're a couple of months away from that. Uh, one and a half months for that to be uh, exact. So we'll get much more clarity. So in the meantime, I'm still keeping an eye on it. The case like, you know, the COF fund, you, you probably have, you know, second or third tier quality office assets and a really stretched balance sheet. So, you know, right. th- there's a genuine reason why this has a massive discount. And, and like Nathan said, they don't recover because you have to consider the capital structure for REITs. So there's a lot of debt that needs to be rolled over and refinanced. Now, if they can't do that at not even just similar rates or, or LVRs, but, you know, even on competitive kind of terms at the moment, the equity investors will still probably get killed. So that's why it's on a massive discount. You know, potentially other REITs, like one we own is Arena REIT. Now, that has much better underlying kind of metrics where, you know, the childcare space in terms of um, rents and everything is actually growing really strongly and demand really strongly. So there's opportunities, but you have to understand what's going on in the underlying. Uh, And office is probably a space we're avoiding completely at the moment. So, you know, you have to be very, very very diligent in your analysis of the balance sheet and the underlying fundamentals of the sector. Okay, so both lads there are fairly cautious about office real estate, of course. Uh, well, if you walk uh, through any CBD at the moment, it's hard to see any building that is full t- uh, to the brim, quite the opposite. Coming up the uh, Elevator every day in uh, International Towers, you can see the floor after floor perhaps empty. So still working through those risks there. So maybe a bit of an avoid overall for the Centuria office REIT. That might be uh, the best way to sum up that call from both of those gentlemen. But let's get a wrap on the day and what we should be looking forward to in the week ahead for that. Clifford Bennett from ACY Securities Now. Clifford uh, joins me at the desk. Um, great to see you, of Thanks course. Thanks for having me on, Carl. No, no, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, uh, let's just sort of talk about perhaps where we've uh, come from and you know where we're going and how we've started today. Um, equities last year, or at least the ASX 200, up 9.5%. We've started on the right foot today, it would seem. So yes. uh, what's your view? Do we start to get a little bit more excited about risk assets, about stocks? Well, I think we break open the champagne because it's the start of a new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also remember, I've been spreading the cautionary tale over the last 12 months, so mm. over the financial year, and it worked really well for 2021 20, early, but then uh, the last sort of six to nine months, it's been uphill. Definitely markets constantly grinding higher, even when they've had some strong sell-offs. And that suggests there's a lot of money out there still needs, still wanting, still willing to come into the market. And I think we have to realize that much of the world is prosperous and uh, more prosperous perhaps than Western economies at the moment in terms of their rates of growth or creating new wealth. So I think the wealth generation across China and India uh, is finding its way into Western equity markets. 
uh, and that's a major plus, as well as from South America, as well as what's already you know, burgeoning along in Western economies. So I think there has been a concentration to some of these markets. And for the Australian market, it's really been a story about higher commodity prices, at least for a while. Um, and it's been uh, about, you know, repairing that uh, trade relationship with China, China coming out of lockdowns. And all of that's helped the market higher. So that's quite good. But I just want to mention quickly on the commercial mm -hmm. property front, I'd much mm -hmm. rather be uh, long office space in Australia than in the United States at the moment. Uh, people are already handing back buildings in the United States. So a couple of funds have already done that. They've just walked away and left the building. Um, so in prime, prime real estate. So it's really bad in the US and people should know that. And that's a bit of the caution, sentiment caution that's flowing over into the Australian market. Um, but I think the Australian economy is in trouble. I think the equity market still looks firm. I would go with the momentum for, for the time being. But if the Australian equity market were to turn around, just remember there could be a sudden pricing in of the recession that I think we're going to have. Uh, and it's very difficult not to see a recession with, you know, today we had uh, some manufacturing index data out in contraction for several months now, one of the PMIs, and uh, we're going to see the RBA probably hike rates tomorrow. Indeed. Well, that's, um, let's, go, let's go straight in, into that. Um, you think it will go 25 again? Yes. Um, I mean, there's 50 basis points priced into the market. Is this just the first of a few more to come? I think there's at least two rate hikes to come from the RBI. I'm thinking three to five is a possibility if inflation were to stay stronger for longer than we're expecting. But at the moment, I think you should be looking at two to three more rate hikes from the RBA before they reassess. I'd say two more hikes before they reassess. So 50 points, then a reassessment, but do not expect rate cuts. Even if Australia were to be in recession, have negative quarterly growth, the RBA is not going to cut rates if inflation is firm to high. They're just not going to do it because the slowing economy is their stated objective. Uh, their stated objective is to get people spending less. They, you know, to have higher unemployment is a stated objective of the Reserve Bank of Australia. Uh, and so a slowing in the economy does not in this environment generate rate cuts. And I think that's what the markets got wrong for the last year, expecting that you know the economy will turn down, but then the Fed, the RBA, they'll slash rates and then the economy will boom again. No, that's not the scenario at all. Um, I always, always called uh, a pivot a fan fantasy economics and it was, it's been proven to be the case now. Uh, and we're going to see rates stay up. I think you've heard some central bankers talking about how it might take another two years for inflation to get back to target zones. That doesn't mean they keep hiking all the time. It just means they won't be cutting rates unless they're seeing inflation collapse or they're seeing it in the zone. So, and we're not, we're not looking at either of that at the moment. We've had sharp downside in the headline inflation in some parts of the world, uh, but that core inflation, particularly services, is, as they say, you know, very firm and stubbornly high. And in fact, core inflation in the United States has barely pulled back from the absolute highs that it made. Uh, so a lot of inflation still in the global economy. Uh, it's moderating, but it's still way too high, and that does not allow uh, any kind of rate cuts in the foreseeable future. So I think people can pop the champagne about the equity market, 
but then the next day with the hangover, scratch their heads about why is that again? But I mean, look at Germany. It's already in recession, two quarters of negative growth, just made record highs in the equity market. That tells you something else has taken hold of markets in this new world we now live in. Uh, so we'll just see how far it can push. But when equity markets have detached so severely from the underlying fundamentals and central banks have been raising rates, that's never ended well. But how long is a piece of string? How high is this rally? And what if I'm completely wrong, which has happened once or twice in my career, uh, and the market's going to run away to the upside? That's, so that's why I think you do need to go with the momentum at the moment, just in case um, the whole world having to pay increased superannuation uh, you know, projections is feeding this rally for, for quite a while. Indeed. Okay. So with that just said, I mean, you alluded to the um, labor market dynamics and how that's going to be influential going forward in terms of, well, assessing perhaps the, the success, uh, for the lack of a better term, of, of policy and whether we start to see this downturn manifest. Does that mean Friday night's non-farm payroll figures is, you know, I suppose the most important thing that we should be looking for this week? I actually think Friday night's payroll figures, non-farm payroll figures are the least important, mm. but the market thinks they're very important. Right. Okay. Because employment lags economic performance by 6, 12, maybe 18 months. So what you're looking at is data that will is behind the economy. So it's not an indicator of where the economy is going or what's going on in the economy. It's behind the economy. Where I think you should look to be on the economy is those layoffs in the US. And given how difficult it's been for companies to find good staff, and everyone's complaining about the shortage of workers, um, you're not going to lay people off if you think there's a shortage of workers, unless you're pretty convinced that your corporation and your sales are headed for a big downturn. So corporate America has been involved in significant layoffs, particularly in the tech sector. They see the recession pressures building. Uh, they've laid off staff, not expecting to take staff back on for at least 18 months to two and a half years. So that to me is a more valuable indicator at the moment than the non-farm payrolls. But of course, on the day, non-farm payrolls will trigger a lot of volatility and a lot of people want to sort, you know, all the most of the financial media headlines around the world will be all about the non-farm payrolls. But really what's happening in the US economy, it's slowing regardless of the non-farm payrolls. Does, uh, an, imp does an increase in unemployment mean uh, a lower non-farm payrolls number mean the Fed can slow down? I don't think it will make any difference to the Fed. The Fed is again, it's a kind of group think of Western central banks at the moment to be blinker focused on those inflation numbers, regardless of what else is going on in the economy. So the Fed has said it would like to see uh, employment high, unemployment higher, employment lower, you know, the labor market weaken. So it has uh, a sentiment fact value on Friday, but it's not going to change the Fed's mind. Okay. Well, it's uh, a lot. If to that helps, it, well, of course it helps. Volatility event, but um, well, don't um, don't look too much into it. In fact, it's been a bit of a theme of the day. Don't um, don't look too much into the strong data recently. It's 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 too lagging. But um, Clifford, really appreciate you kicking off it's, the week for us. Uh, Clifford Benedict for Asset Securities. Okay. Well, let's get to leaders and laggards now and go across. Well, what areas of the market were moving and shaking throughout the day. And uh, well, Cost Group up 9.5%. Now, look at that. What's uh, what's going on there? See if I can find some news that might be behind it because at least when I was trying to write things up a little bit earlier, I did not see that up the top of my list. It might've been a bit of a late 
rally. Uh, just bear with me as I Google this. In fact, I can't find much there uh, for now. So just um, perhaps hold on to your hats and well, keep do your own research as to why Costa Group has managed to almost crack $3 once again, which it hasn't done for quite some time. At United Malt Group, we've already spoken about, well, the deal being inked there or almost completely. Uh, being uh, completed uh, there. Uh, Silver Lake Resources, Core Lithium and ARB also at the top of the market today. Uh, moving on to the laggards now and Wystick Global Brickworks both down well 3.3 and 1.9% respectively. In fact, well it looks like the uh, losses were fairly shallow right across the markets. Um, like I said before, 9 out of 11 sectors were higher uh, with the tech stocks really the area that was um, lagging on things and perhaps only because Wystick was down by 3.3%. As you can see, their technology one also off by 1.92%. Some of last year's winners perhaps um, pulling back just a little bit, maybe a bit of a reverse dogs of the Dow theory there. I'm not too sure. Here are the small cap names. However, let you mull over those. Uh, but Mark 7 Tech up 20%, nothing to sneeze at. Looking at the laggards in the small cap space as well. Argevoy Global, one of my favorites, just because I like to say it, down 13.6%. And well, no one else really, uh, no other business there really jumping out, at least one that we track all too much. But um, there you go, MedAdvisor, Catapult, 88 Energy, Coria, all in the doldrums today. And let's quickly get through what we are watching tonight because, well, it's a tier one data week. It's the first week, of, well, first week of the month. So often some, uh, well, market moving events, if not uh, newsworthy events coming up. US construction spending this evening, uh, manufacturing, final manufacturing PMI is released throughout Europe and also in the UK and the US. Maybe not market moving because the flash figures tend to be a little bit more impactful. But nevertheless, we'll get a nice health check there on a leading indicator for economic activity across the globe. And uh, tomorrow, well, it's more than just a little bit of text. It's the RBA decision uh, going to be fairly significant. 2.30 tomorrow, we've got our Rates Live program. A really good lineup too. David Flanagan from Curve Securities, as always, will be joining us at the desk. Or Patrick Itkovil from Ebury Partners. And we'll also have Skyping in as our economist, David Batanisi from BetaShares. So it uh, should be a really robust conversation. And well, the RBA has surprised us on two or three occasions this year, especially the last two meetings where they've plowed forward with a 25 basis point hike. Will they, won't they? We'll ask that question. We'll have it answered eventually in all the expert analysis with that as well. But um, let's get one final look at the market where it's closed the day. The uh, CBO 200, we've already seen finished 0.62% higher. And the ASX 200 finished a fraction lower than that, 0.59% uh, higher for the day with, again, those nine out of 11 sectors finishing uh, in positive territory, consumer discretionary materials, the best performers, IT stocks lagging. We've spoken about that a fair bit already. But we may as well wrap it up there, shall we? Remember, you can catch up on all the news and interviews on your website and at some fantastic content that was created today. In the meantime, do hope you have a lovely evening and we will see you bright and early tomorrow morning.